Which next step is the best fit for your future? What can you do to accelerate your professional development? And how should you navigate different workplace challenges? I'm Kyle Gantos, and our team is on a mission to crowdsource insights, best practices, and action plans from accomplished peers, all who began their career in Big Four, to help guide you wherever you want to grow. Relationships can be life's greatest gift or challenge. Uh, professionally speaking, client, team, business, and career success is contingent upon relationships and uh, mutually productive relationships at that. And no doubt work is more fun and fulfilling when we collaborate with people who we know care about us and understand and support us. But how do we conquer the anxiety of approaching strangers and transforming them into allies and friends? at work? How do we adapt based on many differences ranging from cultural to generational to personality? Um, how do we build and maintain relationships as our workloads continue to increase? And as leaders, how can we cultivate a culture where people care and where they feel included and there's teamwork and trust? I'm pleased to be joined by a panel of some uh, really rich and diverse perspectives and some winning approaches today. And uh, welcome everybody. How are you this morning? Doing great. Doing well, Kyle. How are you? Doing wonderful. <laughs> Thank you, Jason. Um, I think some some quick introductions, if we could go around. Um, Abby, would you start? Us yeah, off? I'll go ahead and start. So, Abby Susker, I am a manager in our FAS practice here at Embark. Previously, I worked um, at a big four accounting firm, and since I've been at Embark, I've worked on numerous, numerous team settings. Um, over the four and a half years. So lots of different experience integrating myself with, you know, a diverse group of individuals. And I just feel like this topic is so important to me because it has fueled my experience here at work. Without these relationships, um, it would not be near as fulfilling. So I just view it as such an important part of my work and my life here. Glad you're here. Thank you. <laughs> Welcome, Allison. Allison Janica. I'm a senior associate in our FAS practice. Um, I've been here for a year and a half almost, and I worked in public accounting before that for about a year and a half as well. Um, Embark relationships have been really special to me because I didn't have great relationships where I worked previously. And so coming to Embark and having true friends who care about me, who care about my family, who care about my interests has made such a difference in the experience I've had at work and at home. And it's truly made me want to be a better person just by meeting the people at Embark who care and love on me so well. And Jason. Jason Larkin, I had the opportunity to serve as our Dallas market president been at Embark for two years. Prior to joining Embark, it's been about 12 years uh, across a couple of different big four firms. First in audit, uh, then transitioned over into the consulting side and spent about nine years in consulting. And I think this topic for me um, is something that's so important. I'm a, I am the outlier in this group. I'm the extrovert, uh, as you may see throughout this entire um, session we have here today. But I think one of the things that's so important for me is how do we foster a culture, right, where the introverts can still be heard, seen, supported, and cared for, right? And I think there is extra energy and extra focus that needs to be placed on that. And as leaders in an organization, how do we ensure 
that each individual is supported and cared for. And that looks different and unique for each person. And so my hope in, in this dialogue is we can share some lessons on you know, y'all's experiences and what has worked. And then some of the things that I have tried to do and I think as a firm, we've really tried to do to ensure that we bring out the best in every single person, both personally and professionally. Uh, so that way they can have success here at Embark and be happy here at Embark. And, our you know, philosophy, right, is if we can take incredible care of our people and make them happier, then they can go out and serve our external clients uh, that much better. And so that's something that I think is very integral to this, this as well. So I'm glad each of you are here. I, I have no public accounting background experience. <laughs> um, I was a job hopper for 10 years, started my own uh, company on the side, and I've, I've had uh, lots of different experiences. And the one thing I've noticed, and I think it's been reinforced in the about a year since I've been at Embark, um, is all of the best jobs without really being mindful of it. It was because I was more closely connected with the people I worked with. It could, it could have been like a horrible job. You know, I was in that industry for three months, but the camaraderie I had with the people I was around, it was just a, it was more fun to be at work and made a big difference. And, um, I've, I've, I've learned a lot through some of my own mistakes, um, with people that have been on my teams. And so it's, it's been really powerful to be in an environment like this, where not only are people naturally like this, but it's actually part of the culture. And I think that's, that's rubbed off on me. And so I'm excited for uh, folks who don't have the opportunity to be in this environment, to learn from each of your perspectives. Um, I know we touched on this just a little bit, but before we get into like the best practices, I would be curious to, to understand, are there any, any impactful stories that you can share from your past that, you know, whether it be a bad experience or a good experience and, um, you know, things that maybe our listeners can relate to. Yeah, I can start. Mine was a very positive experience, not personally with what I was going through, but um, I had some stuff that happened personally in my life. And I was able, because of the relationships I had formed here at Embark, um, I was able to lean on individuals that I needed during that tough time and say, hey, I am really struggling with this. I cannot be myself. I cannot be my best self. And I was, it was so odd to feel very cared for in that way when it was a difficult topic. And it kind of allowed, once I had that first conversation with someone I was working with directly, it allowed me to want to talk about it more with other people. Like I know that situation, I had talked with Allison about it because we were about to work together. And I was like, you know, this is what's happening. And I just felt so supported, so cared for. It wasn't like you are not enough because you're going through this or you are not as good of a worker because you're having to take this time away. It was like, we're here for you. People care about you. We're going to step in where we can to help and we'll be here through it all. And so I, I just felt like that was such a special, obviously difficult time for me, but it was very special to reflect on. I could deal with everything else I had going on and I didn't have to stress about what work thought of me because I had to take this time. And so I think all that being said, if I wouldn't have created and really like harvested those relationships prior to that, I wouldn't have felt comfortable to go to those people. I, 
you know, just would have kind of stayed in and said, this is an uncomfortable topic and I'm just going to try to figure it out. Maybe not allowing myself to heal like I should have or take time like I should have. So I just really think that it goes to show that you have to put yourself out there to form those relationships. Sometimes that happens organically. Sometimes it is, okay, I'm uncomfortable, but I just have to start talking to people. I have to form these relationships with my team. I feel like when we're in environments that you have a team setting, it makes it that much easier because you're like, okay, I'm working with these people. I'm going to get to know them. And so that's where I challenge people to just force yourself to do a little more, talk a little more with those people because you never know how you could be that person to care for them when something happens and they could be there for you years down the line to help um, when something happens in your personal life. So, Is that something that maybe prior workplaces that you'd been at that like, how would you have felt that comfortable? Did you have that level of relationship to, to make yourself vulnerable like that? I did not. Um, I had some friends, but it was more at my peer level is how I would describe it. So the comfort that I formed, um, regardless of titles here at Embark. So whether that's a market president or a managing director or a senior manager or a peer, it is like leaps and bounds above any relationship that I felt like I had in my prior role. And so my prior role, I would not have felt comfortable because I didn't have that support from all different angles. And I think for us as leaders, one of the things that I have really appreciated is the focus of the firm on providing time and energy for us to invest in those relationships, right? As you progress, um, things get busier and there's more things on your plate. And I know in my experience, in my previous experiences, I've always wanted to care. I've always loved developing relationships and caring for people, but that was something that happened when things were slow or in times of need. And I think you described it very well, Abby, that you have to continue to develop those relationships and invest time and energy throughout a person's entire career here, right? So that in those times of need, you have that strong foundation and that relationship that you can lean on each other. And I know I've experienced this even, um, you know, in my role, I have, um, a group of people here that we are affectionately, you know, we refer to ourselves as our little crew, right? And we are there for each other. We are friends. Like it is fun to come to work and engage and continue to develop those relationships, right? They are not just coworkers, they're friends. And in the good times we have fun. And in the bad times we are there for each other because we're all going to go through things. And it's about taking that intentional time and effort to invest in those relationships and know that you will get that reward on the back end, right? As a, as a leader, but really just as an embarker here, right? Regardless of title, it doesn't matter what role you have. That's the responsibility of all of us to engage, invest in relationships with each other so that we can be there to care for each other. You've, having gotten a chance to know you a little bit, I mean, like, it's, I think it's very clear all of us would, would probably acknowledge this, that like, this is definitely part of who you are naturally. Um, but, you know, certainly not every organization is like this. So like, I think, you know, from an outsider looking in and now, you know, somewhat of an insider, um, that it, it, it seems like it takes a certain level of 
philosophy to attract somebody like you, but then to also be in an environment where that is, is, you know, like it's had an impact on me, you know, seeing you do it every day, like seeing how much time you actually put into that. Um, how much of this is affected by, you know, other variables within an organization? Because I mean, I definitely not every company is like this, but I'm sure there's a lot of people listening who'd like to be in this type of environment from a leadership perspective. What was it like being in organizations where maybe you could do some of that, like you said, when you had time, but it wasn't necessarily part of your job as I visualize it. Yeah. I feel very empowered to go and care for people. Like that is part of my job is to go and care for people. But what I think, as I, as we continue to grow as a firm, I think one of the things that's very important is it cannot be just a tone at the top type of thing, right? Like this takes everyone buying in and caring for the people they interact with, right? To truly deliver care at 550 people, at 750, whatever size we continue to grow at, it requires people like Abby and Allison and Kyle to do this for the people that you engage with on a daily basis, right? This cannot be one person providing care. It's a philosophical, we are attracting individuals that truly believe this. And as I look around at the team, and this is a great example, right? There are so many individuals here, the vast majority, if not all individuals here, conceptually believe in this and they go and live it out. And that's what makes it special. And so I would encourage people um, in other organizations, right? To take ownership of what you can control, control your team, model it out for your team. And as those individuals experience that care, I believe they will then deliver that care to other people. Allison, you, you, you mentioned, you know, your experience kind of, uh, you know, previous, you know, places you've worked, maybe didn't know you, uh, mm-hmm. or maybe, you know, or maybe you weren't comfortable sharing that part of your life. Uh, and then here it's different. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I hear the term reprogramming a lot, okay. um, but but you know just from your own personal experience, what what was it about this environment, or what was it that maybe changed in you that allowed you to have a very different experience, and now actually like you get your energy from coming up to the office? Yeah, I used to be very introverted um, when I was in public accounting. I would go to work and I just went home. I didn't want to go to events. I was friends with people, but on a very surface level, they didn't know what I was interested in, what I was passionate about. And that's great, but then coming to Embark and having people who really invest in me and I'm able to invest in them, it changes everything because there's, we joke about it at Embark, there's no more Sunday scaries with work anymore because you're excited to come to work, you're excited to see your friends. And I genuinely enjoy coming to work and driving in, and it is a drive for me, but coming here like it's so fun to me i get to see my friends i get to talk to people and that has just changed my entire perception of work and it's changed genuinely how i go about my life now because i have more time to do the things i'm passionate about i have more time and energy to take time for myself which i think is really important for us um but coming to embark people here are just genuinely interested in getting to know you People want to talk to you, even if they don't know you, if they have no idea who you are, people will come up to you and be like, hey, I've never met you before. What's your name? Like, what do you do here? What's your story? Everyone just wants to get to know you, which I think is so special. 
Um, so coming from an environment where no one knew me and then coming here and being able to share like, this is my husband, this is what we both do, this is the business we just started, these are our dogs. Um, it just changes how you come to work and how you can bring your whole self to work and really feel like you don't have to hold anything back. And like Abby said, like talking about things that are hard in your life, it makes such a difference because you don't have to hold back that part of you. You can come to work and feel comfortable being yourself wherever you're at that day. And I think it just makes working easier, but I think it also makes forming relationships easier here. There's, as you know, as Jason mentioned, the the, the extrovert, um, I, I definitely would feel like I'm on the opposite side of that. But being in an environment where that does happen, um, you know, that, that of all the places I've worked at, that I think that never did happen, right? So it's almost like from day one, you you don't get that. Maybe you want it, but mm-hmm. you're not you're not getting it. You're not seeing that behavior model that's not even being talked about really. It's just everything's like super transactional. I wonder how much of this has to do with like shared values, um, or how much of this is, you know, whether it be, you know, Paul's spirit founded and then attracting people like you and then it getting reinforced. How much of this do you think is like values alignment versus actually sharing that mindset and demonstrating that behavior and and getting people to maybe finally be comfortable being a human being? I think it helps that we started really small. And so from the beginning, it started that people cared for each other. People wanted to get to know each other and they had that environment to do so, but it's continued to stick around the entire time. And by doing that, we're able to grow it. And people here want to do that. We want to be that kind of person for each other because we've all experienced that here. And so I think just everyone doing their part to continue this culture here has made all the difference. And I would just say too, I think as far as what we value, um, maybe not even at this organization, I would like to believe that everyone would want to feel this, right? So this is Yes, we can have different hobbies and be at different stages of life and all of that, but like everyone would want to feel this. So as much as it can be our culture and yes, how we started and yes, it's infiltrated and we all want to continue to feel this, everyone will value this when they feel it because we spend a lot of our time working. That is just the nature of our game here. And it's when you can create an environment that you truly enjoy you have people surrounding you that care for you it just makes all the difference in the world and i truly believe that everyone wants to feel this and wants to feel accepted and like their whole self and so if it's something that maybe you feel like in your current workplace you don't value because it's maybe not reflected from leadership, that tone at the top, or even your peers, I challenge you to really take it into your own hands and say, this is important to me because whatever they're talking about, I want to feel that way going into work. I want to be excited to drive into work and have more energy. Yes, maybe I'm more of an introvert, but this is fueling me and making those hours, maybe it's long hours, maybe it's just a few hours a day, feels so much more valuable to me. We've reached the midway point of this episode. Are you enjoying the conversation? Be sure to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom that can help you work smarter to level up faster. Speaking of which, have a follow-up question or future topic request? Email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com 
so we can get to work on creating content that'll help you get wherever you want to grow. And now, back to the discussion. And you talk about the, like, how has this continued to be built, right? And how has this culture continued to grow? And we talk often as a firm, like, we're not trying to maintain, we're trying to continue to grow the culture aligned with this vision, right? Of how do we care for people? And I think a couple of things that have been very important to us and have, I personally, I know, have thought a lot about, I think one is we're very clear before people join, right? The expectation is that you will do the extra mile, right? Like to your point, I do think inherently people want this. I think this is hard mm -hmm. and this is, it takes extra effort, right? Like it would be very easy to just show up, clock in, do my work, clock out, go home, right? There is extra effort being placed by individuals, you know, and whether you're an introvert and it requires more energy or you're an extrovert and you're getting energy from it, you're still having to put more time and energy into those relationships. And so we're very clear on the front end, this is our expectation. If you just want to come and work and do consulting accounting work for clients and not do any of the other build, you know, buying into our culture, being creative to our culture, this is probably not the place for you because this does take time and effort. But I think by being clear about that on the front end and then reinforcing it through our onboarding process, this is the mindset, this is the framework that you need to operate. And then ensuring it's modeled out by all levels within the firm, I think that allows us to continue to have the level of buy-in that we do to continue to foster this culture. So you, you, you talk, I'm hearing like intentionality across the board. And if you were to like try to distill that into its most simplest form, how would you describe the, the philosophy behind it? Find amazing people, take incredible care of them so that they can serve our clients incredibly well. And that ultimately benefits everybody. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you're happier. You're, you enjoy coming to work, right? And it's an exciting place that people want to come to. It's an exciting place that people feel cared for and our clients see this difference, right? One of the, the amazing things about my role is I get to get a lot of feedback from clients. And when clients come back, it is, it is not the, you know, embark new all the standards. Yes, we are very proficient. We understand accounting. We understand process. We understand the problems we're trying to solve but it's an experience that they have in working with us where they feel genuinely cared for because Embark has cared for that person so that person can go care for that client's problems. They can truly make our clients' lives easier. And so our clients have a different experience in working with Embark and they want to continue to work with us. They wanna find new problems for us to solve. When they go to another company, they call us. They keep calling us to come back and referring incremental work because they've had a different experience from a professional services firm because of the incredible people we have serving our clients. And the, you know, just so far what we've discussed, the experience that we're having being a part of this organization is the experience that either has been in us and we haven't been able to like let it out or receive it back. And now we're able to, so it's, there's definitely a, a tremendous amount of alignment. Um, not everybody who's listening to this is in an environment like this. So I, I want to like maybe place each of you in a scenario and then attack this from a couple different lenses. Um, 
and, and really the starting point. So we've talked about mindset, right? And I know you've said this and you, I mean, you don't just say it, you demonstrate it all the time and each, everybody here does, but like you get out of this, what you put into it. But let's say that you are the newbie in a new work environment. You're going in, you don't know anybody. You haven't had this experience before. How do you, how do you approach that as the person entering that organization? Like, how do you, um, how do you start building those relationships? I think that's scary because I think of that all the time for our new hires. Um, when I started on a bark, it wasn't, it was big, but it wasn't as big as we are now. And it was a little overwhelming, but people came to me and were really intentional about getting to know me and investing in me, which made me feel comfortable to open up. Um, and so just giving that same type of care for people that when they come in, if you can kind of, you can see the people who are in, introverted and they're a little nervous and just going up to them and asking them, you know, like, hey, what's your name? Like, when did you start? Um, what are you working on? What's important to you? Just getting to know them on a deeper level than something like, hey, what's your name? Like, how are you doing? Um, and just really getting to know them. Um, and then just if you are that person who's introverted and you're really nervous, coming into work and just trying to make conversation, you know, sitting by someone new and seeing, you know, what they're into and, you know, just trying to talk to them because I think genuinely each person likes to talk about themselves and what they're interested in. And so if you asked me about my dogs, like I have a sticker on my computer that has dogs. If you ask me about my dogs, we're friends. And so I think it's really easy to find something that each person's really interested in and hone into that if you don't have anything else to talk about. Um, so that's something that I kind of have tried to do is find something that we have in common and then you can go from there. It's an easy conversation to talk about yourself. I like to think we all know what's going on with us. So, <laughs> Yeah, ask me about me. No, I'm just kidding. Um, and I was going to say, too, just physically showing up. I've noticed, like, I, I don't consider myself an introvert, but I really don't consider myself an extrovert. I believe there's a name for it where I get energy with both. Um, but just showing up can sometimes be the hardest part. So physically going into an office environment when you're new, that piece alone, that can cause you to have the nerves and all the feelings. And am I going to interact with someone that day? Am I, am I going to sit by myself? Like all of those thoughts are there. But once you arrive, you've taken the biggest leap. Um, and that's the same if your company has social outings or different groups that you can get involved with, like just showing up. And then once you're there, then you lean into asking people about themselves and like you've made the biggest step in being there physically. And so I think that makes everything else after that a lot easier. All right. So question on behalf of the people who work in the, the more modern environment where like either they don't have the opportunity to working remotely. You know, we have people on our team that are out in Arizona. <laughs> so they're not here. They're not able to actually be here physically. Um, how, how would you maybe adapt that approach given what you have to work with in that scenario? I think still taking that step and just messaging people. We have Slack here and it's so easy to be connected to people. I feel so connected to our, um, colleagues in other cities because of Slack, you know, we all, you know, talk to each other on there and can connect on things that we both find interesting or that we're both passionate about. And so, I've made so many friends in our other markets just because of Slack. And so I think just 
getting involved in that way if that's easier for you or setting up a call, you know, setting up a lunch call and you can both eat lunch and hang out. Um, that's something we do here is grabbing lunch together. But if you aren't in that environment to do that, then just jumping on a call and having lunch that way is really simple. So when you say Slack, you mean, uh, you know, we have like a thousand channels, mm -hmm. you know, so there could be like the common interest channels or yeah. is it, uh, I'm just wondering if, yeah. you know, for somebody who's maybe, Oh, give me some ideas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So common interest channels for me are the biggest ones. Um, dogs again, I'm in that channel. <laughs> Everyone at Mark has a dog. I know their dog by name and I know that person by name. And so I think a channel that you have a common interest in and that you can get involved and really like talk a lot in is the best opportunity for you to get to know people with the same interests, no matter what market you're in. I was just going to say too, another thing on the lunch piece. So let's say that I am fully remote. I am starting a new job and I'm on a brand new team where everyone else is remote and working from home. Um, setting up like a quick 15 minute, 30 minute hey, I want to get to know you Zoom call with that individual will go leaps and bounds instead of just jumping into the work meeting that maybe is already set up. And so I think those kind of opportunities or say that you've been somewhere a long time and you have someone new joining your team, like what a perfect opportunity to just take that time and say, okay, this is our like little intro get to know you time. And even, yeah, it may be uncomfortable for you, but you're allowing that person to feel cared for and like you're genuinely wanting to get to know them as well. So that's just a kind of a quick little tip. Maybe if you're new on a team or you have someone new, or even if you've been there a long time, say, hey, I want to get lunch over Zoom and let's just catch up. So I really like that idea. Well, I think it's, um, you know, y'all talk about asking questions, like getting to know people. One of the, the there's two pieces um, that we always talk about here. The first is actually caring about the answer, right? Yeah, we can all probably relate to the, hey, how are you doing question, right? And that question is asked and literally, like you can either physically see or you can certainly mentally see, they don't actually care what the response is. Can, they I, just, can I step in on this? They just know <laughs> that that is the, the political question, yeah. I was just going to say, so I, uh, um, this is super candid and maybe too much information, but my therapist was actually the one that um, asked me the question the other day and she said, how are you doing? And I said, good. And she said, now is that the socially acceptable answer yeah. or is that the real answer? Luckily, it was both for me. But I think that is so valuable to think when someone asks you, how are you doing or how's your day going? How was your weekend? You can easily just stop and say, good, and keep on moving past. But what is that doing for both parties? Nothing. Hmm. So that's just... I had to jump in on that because that sparked that. But you got to have mind. that relationship, right? Where it's like, no, how are you yeah. actually doing? Right? Yeah. Like I actually genuinely care about your answer. Mm -hmm. And I think when you can do that and truly mean it, people see the difference, right? And so I think that is critically important. And then I think on the flip, and flip side of that, when someone asks me how I am doing, I do try to be truly vulnerable with, hey, like, I am super busy. Things are, I'm dealing with this stress or this is not going well, right? And I think as um, leaders or just individuals in these conversations, 
where you can create that vulnerability in yourself and truly be honest, that allows that other person to enter into that conversation. You can't expect to walk around and just ask everybody how they're doing and have everybody <laughs> share all the stuff with you and you not engage, right? This is a relationship building moment that requires both people. And so for me, one of the things, and, and maybe to a fault, but I do try to be very open, honest, candid, and vulnerable with the team because I think it shows an element of, yes, even as a leader, I don't have everything figured out. We are collectively trying to figure out how we move the firm forward and how we do the right things to ensure everybody's cared for. And we're all gonna make mistakes. We're all gonna learn from that. And I think when, regardless of title or wherever you are in a function or in a team, that creates an environment where it's like, hey, we, like everybody's trying to build relationships. And I think that's so important to set that foundation and framework. And I think to that point, you know, Abby sharing when she was going through a hard time, because she shared that with me, I felt comfortable telling her, like, I struggle with something so similar to that. Mm -hmm. And I'm going through X and Y. So when she does ask me, hey, how are you doing today? Like, I know she's coming from a genuine place wanting to know how I'm really doing. But I feel comfortable telling her, like, I'm not doing good today. Like, yeah. this is off. This is off. Like, this is what I'm going through. And we've had many a conversation just sitting down and talking about life or what we're going through. And it makes such a difference in how you show up to work, how you show up for your clients, how you go home, I think, um, because you've been able to share that with someone other than, you know, just your therapist, just your doctor, just your mom. Um, so being cared for in that way is so special. And to that same point, like I've had a teammate who's a new mom. She's trying to figure it out, um, trying to balance it all, be a mom, be a wife, be a teammate. And it's a lot for her. And so she was super vulnerable with me sharing that she's just having a really hard time and it's put a lot of stress on her. And so her sharing that with me was really eye-opening and allowed me to care for her and take things off her plate that I had no idea were really hard for her right now. Um, but in the same tone, like it allowed me to be vulnerable with her and say like, I'm struggling with this. Could you like take this off my plate? Cause I'm having a really hard time today. So I think it just allows each of us to care for each other and meet each other where we're at that day, which I think is really valuable for a workplace. And it's, I hearing all these positive experiences, I've, I've been on the other side of that where I, I tend to kind of be maybe like sometimes I feel like I'm sharing too much information, but like a certain level of vulnerability. And I've been in situations where like it's, it's you can tell immediately they don't really care, right? And then mm. you maybe do that to somebody else and you kind of get the same thing. And then you start to figure out, gosh, doesn't seem like many people here really care. <laughs> yep. um, and then you, so then you're just like, okay, now this is more of a transactional place. Like I, you know, at different times I need a job. I got to pay my bills. I'm here. Here's a, a challenge for you, Jason. And I would love everybody's feedback, but let, let's just say I, let's just say, Two companies got together and did a trade yeah. for like 12 months. And now all of a sudden Larkin is in a completely different environment where it is a culture that I've just described. Yeah. Coming in as a leader, what would be some things that you might do to try to change the culture and, and you know, get people to get rid of this barrier on the outside and start to be more mindful and appreciate the value of relationships? Yeah. You know, I had the unique perspective that when I joined Embark, the Dallas office was already at 75 people and there was already a lot of relationships formed and a culture. Now, not exactly the same in that there was a very positive culture, but one of the things I was very intentional about was trying to build those relationships, right? And yeah, I, I use this phrase, 
get in the mud with people, right? Like as a leader, you have to work through the problems with the people as they're going through those problems and build those relationships. And that takes time. And so, you know, I would encourage as, you know, if you move into a culture that isn't what you want, knowing that that's going to take significant time and effort to invest and then model what the right behavior is. You can stand in front of people and you can say, hey, this is what I want you to do. That's just words. What people are really going to do is look at your actions. They're going to look at how do you show up? How do you engage with people? How do you engage with the associate versus the CEO? Is it different? People are always watching. It's like I have three young kids and they are the biggest humility check for me because they will like when I mess up and when I fail, they will pick up on that and they'll start doing that. And it's like they didn't just learn that out of thin air. They learned that because they saw me do it. And so as a leader, when you enter into a new environment, you need to be saying the right things. But you know, there's this phrase I heard, don't talk about it, be about it, right? How do you show up every day and actually do the right things? Because at the end of the day, that's what people are going to focus on. And you have to be, in, and I have been so blessed to be in a place where I have been empowered to go and do those things right. And that I think is what's unique about Embark is we put all of our team, regardless of title, in a position where they are empowered to go and care. And that is ultimately what has led me here is I've always wanted to and tried to care for individuals, but some of the structures or frameworks, if you will, that I was operating in didn't allow me to care in the way that I wanted to, right? It wasn't the same level of prioritization as other things. And so to be here and to be empowered to truly go and care for that, to be part of my job is, is the team careful? When I talk to Paul Allen, our founder, in my role, he asks me the same question every single time. Is everybody still cared for? It's not, there's no financial metrics. There's no, and believe me, we are running a business and we are very focused on continuing to grow the business. But it's that constant lens of like, is everybody cared for? And that mindset is pushed down through the entire firm so that everybody is believing and bought in on that. And I think important to that too is leadership taking the time. I know there have been so many times where, you know, I need to talk to Jason about something and I look at his calendar to book a meeting and there's not a single second open. <laughs> but the second I message him and ask, hey, do you have 15 minutes? He's like, yeah, come upstairs. Like I can talk now. And I think it's taking that time and putting the effort in to listen to what people need to talk about that day makes a difference in how like next time I know I can just message him and like talk to him. I don't have to be nervous to be like, oh, well, he's not free today. So I guess like it'll have to wait. So I think just taking that time and putting that extra effort in makes a big difference too. And I think we hit on this a little bit earlier, but Jason and his role cannot be the only individual doing that, right? Like he doesn't have enough 15 minute increments in the day <laughs> for everyone when he still has all these other, you know, priorities and things to get done for the business. Um, so I, that's where I just think it is so important that we see this in Jason, right? And we're so thankful that we have a leader that cares, but I would argue that we have leaders all through the firm at every single level that do this and make the time. And so you may not be in a, you know, executive role at your company. You may be in your second year at a company or out of college or anything like that. And you can be that leader. You just have to show the care to others because then others are going to take that and say, wow, 
this made me feel so good. I want to go be this for someone else. And then that just like infiltrates everywhere. And it's amazing how it spreads. And it doesn't always have to come directly from a close personal relationship with the leader at the top. So I just think that's a really cool thing. And it's hard, right? It does take extra time. And I would view that, like you said earlier, as that is part of our job here at Embark, no matter what level you're at. And I think for for those of you that are out there at various levels questioning, like, can I really make an impact? In my experience, I think almost everybody sells themselves short on the impact that they can have in the people around them. And I think to your point, if every individual says, I'm just gonna care for the two people that I interact with today, and you positively impact those two people, and those two people feel it, then the next day they're gonna turn around and try and positively impact two people, right? And I think oftentimes we look at leaders as this, oh, you have this influence. And look, the reality is leaders do have some level of influence, for sure. There is the tone at the top and all the rest of that. But the majority of the impact happens at the individual level across a broad spectrum of people. And that's for our team as we have continued to grow here in Dallas, for Embark as we've continued to grow. The success is a result of every single person saying, okay, the people I interact with, I'm gonna have a positive impact on those people. And so regardless of what role or what function or what organization you're in, don't discount the impact that you can have on the people that you interact with every single day. Yeah, it's like a it's like a chain reaction. Um, and it, you know, I think you 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 all bring up a good point. It's like a, you can be the culture, the subculture within a culture and, you know, recreate that culture, but it's not going to happen with words. Um, I'm curious. I, I imagine a lot of this carries over. But, um, you know, in, in a former life, I was working directly with clients. I know here at Embark, we're in hospitality, you know, hospitality and client service. Um, how do you how do you build this relationship with a client that may be on the other side of a phone call, maybe on the other side of a Zoom presentation, or maybe you know you have some degree of time at their location or not? Um, what carries over? What what might you need to adapt? I would say active listening is the biggest piece. When you can actively listen, and yes, a lot of the time maybe you're on a computer screen like you said, a Zoom call, and you're just getting to know this person for the first time. They're very busy, right? We're there to do work. But active listening to what they have going on in their lives, the little things they say, um, asking those good questions. People love to talk about themselves. <laughs> asking the good questions about, you know, where – where were you at prior to this? You know, how has your experience been at your current workplace? Where do you live? Do you have any dogs? Do you have any yeah. dogs? <laughs> Allison will you talk know. for a while. Yeah. <laughs> you know, what, what did you do this weekend? Oh, you went to that sporting event? Like, my team is this team. And, you know, just little things when you actively listen not only asking the good questions, but actively listening to people's responses, you can pick up on so many things that then you can bring in and make more personal when you are on those calls talking about work. So. And I think it makes such a difference too. I've been remote on all of my jobs. So every client I've had, we've talked on the phone or we've been on Zoom or we've been on Teams. And so it makes it challenging to make those relationships because I'm not there to you know walk into their office and just chat or 
see the picture of their kids on their desk. Like you don't have the same cues that you would have if you're in person. But I think that, you know, a lot of my clients will be like, oh, I got to go. I got to go pick up my daughter. So the next day you can say, well, how old's your daughter? Like, what are they into? And so it's just really easy to have those conversations when you listen, like Abby said, to just the little things that they say that to them, it's, you know, every part of their day. Like it's just a little comment that they made that they would make to anybody. Mm -hmm. But us picking up on it, I think makes a huge difference in how they interact with us. Because from the second that you start showing that interest in their life and who they are, the same way that we do here at Embark, it just makes them feel accepted. And like they have an ally. I've had so many clients who then come to me and just vent to me because like we've had that relationship where they know that I'm there for them. And that isn't in my job title necessarily. Like I'm there to do accounting work and not in that description in our statement of work did it say, I'm there to listen to you vent (laughs) about the long day you've had, but like I'm there for it. And I tell them that every time, like I am here for it all. You tell me what you need. And if it's, you know, listening to whatever that day, like I'm there for it. And so I think that that goes such a long way with our clients. And because of the way that our culture is at Embark, I'm empowered to do that with them. So. And I would say I view it exactly the same way. Like our externally and internally. I view Abby and Allison and Kyle as my client. I am in service to you all in the same way that you are in service to your clients. And so that experience of care that we provide internally to our people, they then see that and exactly as Allison just described, how do I go live that out for my client, right? Like we're all in service to the people that we're working with. And so if you can, if I can make your life easier as a consultant, then you can go make your client's life easier. And so this mindset, this mentality of the people that you interact with, how can I care for them? How can I make their lives easier? That doesn't just stop in these four walls that extends for all of the people that you engage with interact with. it's a way of conducting yourself through hospitality and care that ultimately allows people to have a different experience not just the embarkers but the people outside of embark and i think you know like you three and then so so many uh, awesome human beings here are examples that like it it the, the company you work for doesn't necessarily have control over what your personal brand is. You can stand for these things. You can make that impact. I, I know you, we've talked about the importance of asking questions and uh, being on both sides of this, but like as an introvert, you know, talk, go rewind to those environments. Whereas like the, the, my mind was programmed to think that probably most people here don't really care. So then I might as a defense <laughs> mechanism, like start to maybe not even put the effort into giving an answer. But you said something the other day about like, and I find it fascinating, like a next level way to ask a question that almost makes it impossible to not give you something to work with. And I wonder if you could, if you you remember what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. So one of the things that I've tried to do Monday morning, Tuesday, whatever, you know, the most common question, how was your weekend? Right. Weekend was good. It's like, oh, well, that didn't play (laughs) out so well. Right. So how do we adapt? How do we evolve? How do we build that relationship. And so now the question I always ask is what's one fun thing you did that weekend? So for most people, it gets them talking about something fun. I went, walked the dogs, right? I watched Kansas lose to Texas in basketball, Oh my goodness. different things. Um, right. But it also opens up that moment for like, I didn't have anything fun, right? Like it was a really frustrating weekend. I had X, Y, Z going on, right? But it 
changes the narrative from a good or not good to how are you actually doing? What is your true lens on life right now, right? Like, hey, I'm going to focus on the positive things and had a great weekend. I got to be with kids or whatever or do X, Y, Z to I didn't have a good weekend, right? And it forces that deeper discussion as opposed to just that surface level, right? And I think that's, it's just one tool and one mechanism that I've tried to lean in on, right? To continue to develop those relationships. You know, and this may be broader, but just I, I think like the, the, the information travels so fast and we've, we've got like social media and we have like more and more distractions. And I, I think probably deep down, most people are starving for somebody who actually cares and wants to listen. And that's, it's almost like a superpower because it, it, it's mutually beneficial for both people. I have a question and put you in a scenario and I've, I feel like I've experienced this a few times. There's inevitably any place I've ever worked. There's, there's like somebody that I want to connect with. I have some level of respect or I think they may be interesting, but no, but it, everything I've tried, I can never get, they never, either it's just always a bad time or I can't break through. I'm curious to, to know if you've ever encountered certain people like that. And if so, like, is there anything you can do? Is it, is, you know, is, what, is there, am I looking at this the wrong way as, as if it's like a failure on my part? Um, what are y'all's thoughts on that? I would say that it's definitely not a failure on your part. It's, I think part of it is that there are people sometimes that you look at and you're like, I would love to be their friend. Like, I feel like they're really cool. I get that way. Like, I look at people, I'm like, they look really cool. Like, I would love to be their friend. <laughs> um, but sometimes I think that when you make that effort and it's not reciprocated or it doesn't work out right, like, sometimes those just aren't your people. Um, and that's okay. You don't, not every person here is going to be my person. You know, but I think finding the people who are and investing so heavily in those people and making those really authentic relationships and just making that time for those conversations is great. But, you know, if you come here and you sit down and you're like, I want to be your friend and it doesn't work out, like, don't be discouraged. I think that it's going to happen inevitably when you work at a place that's large. There are so many different types of people here. And so there's always going to be someone that's for you. And it doesn't have to be the first person that you think should be or could be. So I think just making that effort to keep trying after that for other people is what I would encourage. That's awesome, Allison. I, I love that. One of the things I've realized is you can't force care on people. And believe me, I've tried to force care <laughs> on people and it doesn't work, right? And so in the same way that a relationship takes two people, right, engaging in that, there are some people, right, where you just have to continue to show up. Hey, how was, what was one fun thing you did this weekend? I went on a walk. And that's it, right? They shut down the conversation. Okay, cool. Guess what? I'm going to be back next Monday. We're going to ask the same exact question, right? But ultimately, if you continue to show up and try to care, that person knows, right, if they're going through something, or I hope they do, right, that you are going to be there, right? And I think it's how do you create that framework, right, where everybody finds that person that is their person, right? Or the group of people that's their crew, or you have someone that you know is going to be there to care for you. Um, but I think being open to, you put it so well, right? Like not every relationship is going to be your person. Not every person is going to need your care. And you have to be okay with that. I know for me, that's been something that was very difficult early on. It's like some people just didn't need that, right? Or didn't want that or had that from 
some other place. And that's okay, right? It's how do you allocate your time and energy to the people that need that care and make sure that everybody knows because of the way in which you operate that you are available to support them when they're going through. We've touched on everything from mindset to, you know, like the behaviors that are ultimately going to drive these outcomes. Um, I think you've brought up some great approaches for people who, whether they be introvert or extrovert, can make people, you know, demonstrate through repeated behavior that you do in fact care and, and create those opportunities to where maybe, maybe it takes a while, maybe it takes the seventh week in a row that you go ask that question, but you're letting it be known that you are somebody that does care. And I think, you know, it, it can be that simple. Mm -hmm. That is a foundation that so many things can be built upon. Um, is there anything that we haven't touched on that you think is really important or any interesting scenarios that maybe you've been through that you could trigger that light bulb for somebody? I heard this the other day and it made me think of Embark. Um, and it was always following the ABCs for an organization. And it was everyone's accepted, everyone belongs, and everyone's cared for. And it just made me think like that is exactly what Embark embodies to me. Um, and so I think if people go by that sort of standard for the way that they go into their work, I think it would make such a world of difference of the way that you approach somebody, of the way that you walk into work for the day. If you just walk in knowing that like you need to accept people, they belong here and you're going to care for them. I think having that mindset just changes everything. So I have nothing that can top that. <laughs> I would challenge to just be vulnerable because there is, you know, there are times where you may not feel like you're getting the care reciprocated, but just like continuing to be vulnerable finding people that do pour back into you because it will happen. If you continue to be vulnerable, it will happen. And it's just, I don't know. It's the coolest thing to feel. It is the coolest thing. So I just wish that everyone will go out and be more vulnerable so that they can have that care. And I was just going to say, I think my hope for everybody watching this is that you can find this experience in you're in work environment at some point in your career. Um, it has had such a positive impact on who I am as a person, as a father, as a husband, as a friend. And I genuinely hope for people that you can seek it out, you can invest, you can take some of the tips um, that we've shared today and find this for you in your career because I can, I can tell you it makes such a positive impact in your life. And that's a pretty incredible thing to be able to say about a company that it's positively impacted my life. Well, outstanding. I mean, what a rewarding conversation for myself. I appreciate each of you making the time and, um, and being vulnerable and sharing some, uh, I think really valuable perspective that people can apply, uh, to get, to get better experiences. Uh, I want to thank each of you for your time and for your insights and for who you are as people. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you guys. Kyle. Thanks for listening all the way to the end. I hope you got a ton of value from our panel and choose to transform their insights into action and unstoppable momentum. If you have a follow-up question or a future topic request, please email us at podcasts at embarkwithus.com. That's podcasts at embarkwithus.com so we can get to work on creating content that'll get you wherever you want to grow. Don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on wisdom to help you work smarter, level up faster. And lastly, if you're a repeat listener, 
consider supporting this show with a five-star rating so those algorithms can expand our reach and impact. Thank you for being you. Thank you for being here. Cheers.